Hi, this is Varun Harun, Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group in Asia. I have the pleasure today of speaking with Bryce Boland, who is APAC CTO for FireEye, who is going to be talking about something interesting here. He's going to be filling us in on the security risks around M&A, that's mergers and acquisitions, from a technology and digital information point of view. Bryce is going to walk us through what is changing and how best to protect your enterprise in this environment. Hi Bryce, thanks for joining us. Thanks for speaking with me again, Varun. Very good. Pleasure, Bryce. Pleasure to have you on again. This topic that we're talking about, mergers and acquisitions. What are the various threats around mergers and acquisitions from a technology and information point of view that you've seen happen in Asia? What are some vectors that the threat actors are employing? Uh, well, threat actors who are trying to get into an organization, regardless of whether they're going through an M&A, are, are fairly consistent. We see a lot of targeting with direct email spear phishing campaigns. We see a lot of activity around compromising externally facing services, such as web servers using SQL injection attacks. And we also see a lot of targeting of organizations through their partners, their supply chains as well. There's quite a number of different challenges that we see with organizations that are going into mergers and acquisitions. First of all, if you're an acquiring company, quite often we'll see that the organizations that you're targeting for acquisition will also be targeted by criminals to gain access to their intellectual property and also potentially those companies you might be acquiring could be targeted by criminals in order to gain access to your company as well. We've seen cases where a company was broken into specifically for the purpose of gaining access to its new parent. So that can happen. Also, we've seen plenty of cases now where an acquired company had been broken into by cybercrime groups or nation-state actors who had essentially stripped all of the intellectual property out of that company and effectively devaluing that company significantly. We've also seen cases where a company is acquired uh, and when a breach becomes known in that company that was acquired, uh, that has a significant impact on the brand and reputation of the acquiring company. Okay. So there's a number of threats there. Another threat, and this is something that we've started to see just recently, is that an, a company that is uh, potentially going to be acquired uh, has been targeted. We've seen now several investigations that we've conducted where a company was breached uh, and subsequently uh, it was acquired uh, by a firm. Uh, and it's in all likelihood, um, based on the kinds of information that was uh, taken in that, in that breach, uh, that that company was broken into specifically to assist in valuing that company for acquisition. So quite a number of different threats there. So that's interesting what you say that this is going to obviously have a tangible effect on the valuation if it happens during the M&A process. And you see any cases where cyber criminals maybe play both sides of the table and you know it enables them to take a position on how if devalued maybe they can sell the company short, something like that. Anything interesting or innovative that you see from the cyber criminal side? Well, what we've been seeing with the criminal side here has been primarily about taking the information they have about the valuation and about the upcoming mergers and acquisitions, taking the unpublished information and using that for market advantage. We haven't yet seen the equivalent of what we saw with the MedSec sort of scandal where information about a breach is released by a group um, specifically in order to you know, cause the stock price of the target company to be reduced. And clearly when there's an acquisition taking place, there's usually a significant uh, bump in the share value of the target company. Um, you could imagine if a breach took place of that company and it was publicly released, that could result in that bump being reversed. 
Um, so you know, potentially you could see third actors compromising organisations that are known to be acquired in order to take advantage of that kind of reduction in value, shorting their stock. But we haven't seen that yet, and I think it's probably just a matter of time before we start to see that kind of activity. Can you share some specific examples with me of the kind of cases that you're beginning to see? And also I'd be interested in knowing what are the kind of organizations in your investigations that these kind of attackers go after? Is it organizations of strategic value? If it's, is it in the defense sector or is it overall across the industry? Well, essentially any company that has either a large business value or large amounts of intellectual property is at risk here. Now I can't speak to specific victims because you know, that's part of how we deal with victims. We don't name them. But there's been plenty of examples of organizations that have been found to have been breached and uh, it's been become publicly known that, that those organizations were breached um, after they were acquired. And there's also examples where organizations have been publicly found to be breached who were in the process of being acquired by another company going through a very public due diligence process, for example. You don't have to look very far in the headlines uh, today to find an example of that that's uh, very recent. So there's actually plenty of examples where deals have happened and subsequently to that, the valuation probably would have changed. When we look at the assessment on deal valuation, uh, there was a survey conducted by Freshfields where 90% of the respondents, people who are involved in merger and acquisition activity, believe that a breach of an acquired company would actually reduce the value of deal or in many cases could even lead to the deal not happening at all. We've also seen a couple of cases now where companies were acquired by Chinese firms and immediately prior to those acquisition attempts, those companies had been broken into by what we believe to be China-based threat groups. In one case, we saw an, a particular firm had been broken into on two separate occasions, once about two years prior to the first, and then the second occasion within three months of an acquisition attempt. And the attack group is a group we know as APD8, and this is a group that we believe to be operating out of China, operating as a, essentially an independent contracting group. It's interesting, Bryce, that you say that you know it's out of China and might be independent. Has there been any attempt at attribution for such kinds of campaigns? Given the nature, it seems easy to classify these kinds of attacks as targeted attacks. So would you say they're more nation-state driven or by cyber criminals for hire? Uh, great question and obviously that's the question everybody always wants to know the answer to and it's usually the hardest question to answer. In our experience we've seen a lot of intellectual property theft by groups based in China but it's not exclusive to China by any means. In the case of criminal groups trying to gain access to information about firms that might affect their valuation, this is typically criminal activity. Very little of it is state-sponsored although there are some state-sponsored groups. The majority of it is criminal in nature and it's relatively rare for us to see state actors trying to gain access to information about valuation. That said, it's not unheard of and we've certainly seen cases where groups that have some level of state sponsorship have conducted these sorts of attacks. So Bryce, is there any kind of unique modus operandi that these attackers employ when it comes to this mergers and acquisition threats? Because would you have, uh, for example, the uh, deal negotiators being specifically targeted or some other party targeted or is it uh, very similar to your regular kind of cyber attack? 
Yeah, it, it, there's uh, the interesting piece about an M&A is that there are so many parties involved. Not only do you have the companies themselves, but quite often you'll you'll have some kind of banking involvement, uh, maybe one or two banks that are involved in financing the deal. Um, you'll also usually have lawyers involved for both sides. Potentially even the, the banks themselves may have their own counsel involved. And so commonly you'll have many lawyers involved in that uh, discussion and coming up with the agreement. Um, so there's many different parties parties to an M&A activity and as a result we see some slightly different tactics take place in some cases. Um, for example, it's not necessarily necessary to get access to the email or the, the documents inside the target company. You might be able to compromise the law firm or get access to email accounts of another party that's involved in the negotiation and that might be sufficient to get access to the information that's needed to take an insider position on a stock. Given all of this, what is your recommendation for practitioners for both the acquiring entity and the acquired entity? What are the kind of vigilance and due diligence like before and after the M&A activity? Yeah, great question. So I think if we start with an acquiring company, uh, if you're looking at acquiring a company, then you're probably going to go through the, the usual steps of due diligence, but many fail to do what we call cyber due diligence. In fact, it's quite rare to see a due diligence team that has a cybersecurity person on staff. Sometimes Sometimes we see an IT person, even that isn't always the case, but cybersecurity evaluation is really quite a specialized task. So if you're acquiring and you don't have somebody with that skill involved in the deal team, uh, you should probably bring them in, get them involved, or use a third party to help you do that due diligence. It's really important to come up with an objective view of the health of the target company, and it's critical to do a, a technical assessment of that organization, not just now, but also to identify if they could have been breached in the past uh, and to use that information as part of the due diligence process to assess not only uh, is that company breached and if so what is the impact of that on the deal but also to understand what security capabilities does the target company have that might require you to do remediation and spend more money on the deal post acquisition to gain value from that company. So part of this assessing the, whether or not that company has been breached and part of it is assessing what's the impact going to be to get that target company to a point where you can successfully and securely integrate it into the acquiring company's environment. If you are a company that's potentially being acquired, you are probably going to want to know if you've been targeted for attack uh, by an organization that might be selling inside information about you to potential acquirers. And the reason you want to do this is because it's going to help you understand whether or not information that you would otherwise keep secret is actually known to the acquirer. So it's very valuable for an organization that thinks they might be targeted for acquisition to make sure their security capabilities are up to scratch, that they're not being breached uh, and having information disclosed about them to an acquiring company that might reduce the overall value of their business. And it's interesting, Bryce, apart from this whole idea of you know attacks happening during M&A and you know, effect valuation, I've heard this on and off from CISOs that you know if, uh, for instance, a company is at a certain level of security maturity, uh, they acquire a company that has a very low level of security, that's an obvious security gap in the system once that company comes on board. So can you share some uh, tips for uh, CISOs like that who are bringing on these companies with low levels of security? How can they best bring the entire security uh, environment? their organization up to speed once an acquisition happens. 
Yeah, we have a number of customers that do acquisitions on a really regular basis. One of these companies actually found that they were doing so much remediation in the, the acquired companies that they actually have us monitoring companies that they acquire for a period of time before they're admitted onto the corporate network. And one of the key challenges with security is, is deciding where to invest your money and obviously replacing all of the security infrastructure of an acquired company can be extremely high as well as causing disruption to the business that you just acquired, potentially reducing its profitability or its revenue projection and so forth. But what you really care about as a security practitioner is, is impact to your business, impact to your reputation, to your ability to produce uh, products and services that you sell to your customers. And in that regard, the key things to be able to know about, am I being attacked and have I been breached? And knowing that you're being attacked allows you to reposition your defenses, but knowing you've been breached allows you to respond and limit the impact to your business. So we've seen a number of CISOs now when there's an acquisition taking place, even if they're not involved in the due diligence process, uh, will bring us in to do monitoring of the target company, assess whether or not that company's been breached, and to monitor that organization on an ongoing basis to assess whether or not they have been breached so that they can uh, respond if there is a breach and limit the impact to both the acquired business as well as their main core business. My advice to companies companies that might be involved in mergers and acquisitions is expect that you will be targeted. Make sure you've got the ability to detect those attacks and that if you are attacked, if you are breached, that you find out about it and respond to it as quickly as possible so that you can limit any impact on deal valuation or deal completion. All right, perfect guys. That was a great sign off. Thank you for taking time and speaking with me. Thanks very much, Varun. Great pleasure to speak with you. Pleasure is mine, Bryce. That was Bryce Bolin, the APAC CTO for FireEye for ISMG in Asia, this is Varun Haran. Thanks for listening.